0: a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you because you are already working and speaking and moving and advancing your counsel. Now Lord, we ask that sovereignly, sovereignly, by yourself and by your spirit. You will raise a church of warriors. You will raise a church that is commensurate to the head of the church. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we ask that the Lamb of God will receive his church that is worthy of his suffering. We want to ask that Father, out of this gathering and out of what you are doing around the world, you will find the people that are fit for your purpose in these end times. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed amen amen praise the lord you know in the course of uh, camp meeting i i'm glad that i arrived yesterday i always try to do that when i have opportunity to speak so that i know what's going on listen to what the spirit is saying through other ministers be edified myself and then get into the flow. and i'm glad i was here from yesterday and uh, Listening to the teaching about the cross and the video that we watched, that has been of tremendous help to me in gathering the focus of what I believe the Lord will have me to share with you. And, and then listening to Prof, you know, Prof, you are making statements that I have on my notes. So I'm wondering, I say, what's going on? This is nothing but the spirit of God. And what I want to say is this, brothers and sisters, the price that Jesus Christ paid automatically defines the kind of church that he must receive. The price, C-E, defines the price, Z-E. You see there is price with a C, But there is also a price with a Z. So price is what you pay. Price is what you get. And the price must be equal to the price. You see the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross of Calvary. Like we saw yesterday. That was you know uh, Mel Gibson has come the closest to depicting what happened to jesus in his passion that's the closest picture and as we are watching that thing yesterday the spirit of god said to me as i was sitting in that place that it was worse than that that's what the holy spirit told me say it was worse than that the reality of the cross was worse than what we saw yesterday and if jesus would humble himself and come all the way from heaven and empty himself of all of his glory and all of his honor so that he could take the form of a servant and then if he will humble himself right up to death and not just death the death of the cross brothers and sisters it means that he must receive what i call the church of his purchase the church of his purchase, the church that he paid for, a church that is commensurate with the price that he paid. I found myself praying today, I said Lord get for yourself a bride for Jesus that is commensurate to the price of his sacrifice. A people that are as expensive and as costly as the price that jesus paid that part is already settled but the people that are as sold out as the sacrifice that purchased them and so this evening i want to talk to you about what i call a church of warriors because i believe that nothing less will satisfy the nothing less will will be equivalent to the price that Jesus paid. I'm talking about a church of warriors because I believe that such a church is the church that matches the sacrifice by which we have been purchased. That will be the body that matches the head. You know, prof, you are talking about a disconnect between the head and the body. You see, a body must match the head. If you have a head that is very big and a body that is very small, that is a gargoyle. That's a caricature. That is not real. And Jesus Christ cannot be the head who laid down everything to purchase us. And then we are the body who will not lay down everything to follow him. Brothers and sisters, Jesus did not go all the way to the cross of Calvary to purchase part-time Christians. Jesus could not have paid the price that he paid, some of which we saw yesterday, so that he could purchase believers who are pursuing their own agenda with the life that he paid for. Please, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and begin from that scripture second corinthians chapter five and please help me to put up from verse 13. Uh, Jesus did not go through the horrors of the cross so that he can get a church of lukewarm members so that he can get a church of part-time believers you know like you might have heard me say a part-time christian is a full-time sinner Because if you are doing part-time with Jesus Then the question is Who are you doing the rest of the time with? And a part-time Christian Cannot defeat a full-time devil Because Satan is not Satan part-time He is the devil all the time And in fact the truth actually is that There is nothing in all creation That is part-time A cow is a cow all the time, a pig is a pig all the time. That's why, even if you wash a pig, what will happen to the pig? It will eventually go back to wallowing in the mire because that's his nature, that is who he is. You cannot have part-time members of a body. You know what I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, is more than a salmon. I'm 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 communicating a burden from the heart of the father to you. And as a son, as God is speaking to us in this place, I believe that you will receive this burden so that you can take your place in this church of warriors. Jesus paid for a church where every member is taking their place. Everybody is sold out and committed. Every person has no other agenda for life except Christ and him that has been crucified. That's the church that Jesus paid for. And that is the church that he will get. It will not be a church that is divided into full-time people and part-time people. Like I said, as members of his body, you cannot have part-time members of your body. Do you know the definition of sickness? I am a medical doctor by training and I can say to you that sickness is when some members of your body start functioning (laughs) part-time. Your kidney is on full-time assignment. That is why you are sitting down here very well. May your heart never become part-time. <laughs> you didn't say amen well to that prayer. <laughs> the reason is because once your heart becomes part-time, imagine that your heart beats some of the times, and then it goes off some of the times. May God forbid that. Amen. <laughs> Every part of your body, your eyes are seen all the time. Your feet are supplying their job all the time. God is raising a church where, from the least to the greatest, everybody is standing in their place, advancing the counsel of God, fulfilling the purpose of God from the different platforms where the Father God has located them. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 13. Can you put it for me in the NLT or the Amplified Translation? 2nd Corinthians 5.13 If it seems that we are crazy, what is it for everybody please? It is to bring glory to God. So it means that at a, there are times when if you looked at brother Paul, you will look like a madman. You will look crazy. I found that Paul was called crazy before and after his conversion. In fact, in his testimony in Acts chapter twenty twenty-six, 26, he was telling the story to Governor Felix and uh, King Agrippa, Herod, and he said, look, I was so mad against these Christians that I persecuted them to strange cities. This was before he got converted. And after that Paul got converted. Look what he says here. He said, look, if we seem crazy some of the times, (laughs) the reason we look like that is so that we can bring glory to God. So this man was crazy for Jesus. He looked like a fanatic. In fact, he was a fanatic for Christ. He was a man that had no other agendas for life. He said, I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him that was what? That was crucified. So he says, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Next verse. Oh, he said, either way, Christ's love controls us. The love of Christ controls us. He said, since we believe that Christ died for all, We also believe that we all have died to our own life. Why did Jesus die for all? Next verse please. He died for everyone. So that what will happen everyone now? So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised up for them. He said, look, the love of Christ, please put verse 14 now in the Amplified translation. He said, the love of Jesus Christ controls us. Look at the Amplified. He said, for the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. You see, this, I like the word impel. The word impel means that the drive is coming from inside. Impel is different from compare. When you compel, it means that something is coming from outside making you to do something. But when you impel, it means that there is a drive. There is something burning from deep within that is urging and impelling and propelling you, but that thing is coming from inside. But Apostle, look, everything that we are doing is being impelled. It is being urged and controlled by the love of Christ. Our love for Jesus has taken over in the depths of our hearts. But Paul, why do you say so? He said because we are of the opinion and the conviction that if one person died for everybody, so what has happened to everybody now? Everybody has died. So why did he die? Look at it now in verse 15. He says and he died for all so that what will happen? So that all of those who live, everybody that receives the life that he purchased with his blood, they will no longer live for themselves. They will no longer live for themselves they will no longer live for themselves what does that mean does it mean they are going to leave their jobs and come and sit down inside church no 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 no. it means that as they live life as they go about life as they go to work as they sit on boards as they sit in their offices as they earn a salary they are not earning for themselves As they are CEOs of their businesses, they are not CEOs for themselves. When they open a bank account, they are not opening a bank account for themselves. Even when they eat in their homes, they are not eating for themselves. When they sleep, they are not sleeping for themselves. And when they buy a car, they didn't buy a car for themselves. When they build a house or they buy a house, they didn't just buy a house for themselves, they bought a house for the person that loved them and gave himself for them. So what does that mean? It now means that everything about them and around them is no longer there to serve their purpose. It is there now to serve the agenda Or the one that purchased them on the cross of Calvary? Do you receive what I'm saying to you here now? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's that's what God is saying here. And come and hear that servant of God. He says, For to me to live is Christ. And then to die is gain. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus must have a church that is a commensurate return on his investment. Jesus Christ must have a church, a church that is as passionate for him as he was passionate for us. A church that reciprocates the love that purchased them. So you see, what Paul is said the love of Christ controls us. Which love? He says the love of God has been what? Has been shed abroad in our hearts. The same love that went all the way to Calvary, has taken possession of our hearts that's why we will pack up everything and go to the mission field that's why we will give an offering that's why we will fast that's why we will preach that's why we will pray we are not doing it because because somebody is compelling us but because another love has possessed our hearts That's why we will stay away from sin We are not doing that because we cannot commit sin And keep pretending But somebody loved us enough to give his life for us That will not be a correct way to pay him back Amen Amen Let's give God praise Amen Let's give him praise There is a love that has possessed our hearts Some people are living their lives Hoping that pastor doesn't find out what they are doing You don't understand Pastor is not a policeman That is monitoring your life And checking your phone To see the kind of stuff you have inside your phone By the way I normally say to people Keep your phones very well They will be needed on the day of judgment <laughs> <laughs> Your story is in your phone Even your money is now inside your phone Right <laughs> Your sin is inside your phone There are lots of us that are sitting there Your pet sin, the sin that you enjoy, is in the phone that you are holding inside church. You you don't want to answer me now. You You have gone quiet, suddenly quiet. You've got some kind of stuff inside that phone. And Jesus is sharing your heart with strangers inside your phone. You see, well, well, prof, something must happen here before we leave this, we, we leave this camp meeting. You see, brothers and sisters, if we hear powerful sermons about who we are, and we have not come to a place where God has captivated our hearts and uprooted every idol from the throne of our hearts, we are going to walk away having made a lot of noise, but no impact. Something must happen inside our spirits. Look, if you look at the church of the New Testament, you will see that these were people that had been possessed by something. They were not being driven from outside, they were being propelled from inside. That's why whether you persecute them, or you kill them, or you, or you beat them, they will rejoice that they had been counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. They will rejoice. Can you imagine somebody coming to give testimony with stripes on his back? And he celebrating that he has been counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. They were stoned, they were put in prison. They suffered all kinds of terrible inhumanities, but they bought it with joy, they celebrated the savior who brought them, what was it that happened to these guys? Another love took over inside their hearts. The reason it is so difficult for you to let go of your boyfriend and of your girlfriend that you are sleeping with, that you are not married to, is because you don't know the love that we are talking about in this place. The love that gave all. When the creator of the universe came down from heaven and he suffered untold agonies, So that you can have eternal salvation. Jesus cannot love us like this. And then we will love him like this. That is not commensurate. Jesus cannot sacrifice for us like this. And then we will sacrifice for him like this. That is not equal. No. And what I'm speaking about I'm not preaching to the pastors. I'm talking to everybody. Jesus is tired of having his church divided into two. Divided into clergy and laity. Ministers and members. Which verse are you quoting? By what authority did you divide the body of Christ into the ministers and then the rest? You see the problem with that division sir is that once you tell people that they are part-time why should you expect full-time commitment from part-time people you are the one that said they are part-time you are are the one that is full-time so if you are the one that is full-time you are the one that should know bible you are the one that should pray and fast you are the one that should be able to cast out devils. you are the one that should make all the sacrifices You are the one that should build up the church. After all, they are part time. You should understand that. Jesus Christ could not have paid what we saw and the price that we see in scripture to purchase believers that are giving him the remnants of their life. You see, what we are doing in the church is that we are using Jesus You are praying for a visa. God, give me a visa. Give me a visa. But you have not asked the person that bought you whether he wanted you to travel. See? You are using Jesus. You are using Jesus. You are saying, in the name of Jesus, I claim this, I claim that. But the thing that you are claiming, you don't even know the master that bought you. I thought the Bible says, you have been bought with a price. Did the Bible say something like that? After you have been bought, who, who, who gave you the rest of your life to use for yourself? Did Jesus stay for you or not? Do you belong to yourself or do you belong to a master? I came here to radicalize you. Did you hear what I just said? You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said I came tonight to do what? To radicalize you. Everybody is radicalizing their group. Except the church. We live in a radical world. Radical Islam. Radical environmentalist. LGBTQ. Radical. Radical left. Radical lukewarm church. A lukewarm church in a radical world. What is the hope of the gospel? <laughs> How can a lukewarm church confront a fiery Islam? It is impossible. It is impossible, you are joking. People that are willing to lay down their lives are facing those that love their lives. The hope of the gospel. What is the hope of the gospel? Brothers and sisters, I speak to you from the heart of the Father. There is a cry in heaven. Where is the church that I paid for? Where is the church that I paid for? Where is the church that is equal to my sacrifice? Where are the people I paid for that consider me worthy of all? Brothers and sisters, nothing less, nothing less we do. Oh, nothing less we do. We live in a radical world. Everybody is, you know, I was shocked one day. I saw something they call a world naked. Bike Ride Day. A day when everybody take off their clothes and they are stark naked. And they are riding bicycles through the streets of the capitals of the world. Toronto and, uh, and New York and London and Madrid. All around the world. And you know what they are protesting? They are protesting too much dependence on oil. They say, stop digging the oil. Let all of us ride bicycles. And they are so possessed by this conviction that they will take off all of their clothes and ride stark naked. I'm talking of hundreds and thousands of people around the world. For what they believe. Has Jesus ever asked you to do anything like that? All that he said is you should open your mouth and preach the gospel but even that is too difficult for you. But these people believe something so strong and so hard that they are willing to make that sacrifice and they are stark naked and they are not ashamed. But we have a church that is ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. A church of warriors. Nothing less we do for this generation. Nothing less we do. And nothing less will do for the harvest. Please go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and from verse 35. Oh God, get for your son Jesus Christ a bride that is commensurate to his sacrifice. Get for your son Jesus Christ a correct and complete return on his investments. Do you know why missions is so critical? Missions is critical because it is by the preaching of the gospel through missions that Jesus can secure the return on his investments at Calvary. That's how he can get his harvest. And let me tell you the question that sets me doing what I'm doing. It burns in my heart, it burns in my bones. When the God said to me, he said, are you jealous for the blood that I shed on Calvary? As I am jealous. He asked me the question, are you jealous for the blood that I shed? Jealous for my blood? How many persons in this place, if you use your blood to pay for something, you will like a fraction of what you paid for? If you use your money to pay for something, you if the people don't give you everything, you Canadians will sue the guy out of the planet. (laughs) And not just you. We will do the same. But we may not sue him. We may get some guys to beat him up. (laughs) And get our money back. And get our stuff. (laughs) But you got to get what you paid for. Now Jesus has paid for the whole world. Correct? And behold the Lamb of God That taketh away the sin of Christians What's wrong with that statement? (laughs) Behold the Lamb of God That taketh away the sin of the world And he is the propitiation Not only for our sins But also for the sins of the whole world So Jesus has paid for the whole world Now here is the question How much of what Jesus paid for will he receive? How much of what Jesus paid for will he receive? That's what I call the blood potential. The potential of the blood of Jesus. The blood that can save the whole world. How many people will he say? Well, the answer to that question is dependent on what the church does with the gospel. It was his job to pay for eternal salvation but it is not his job to preach it there is a division of labor here he said one person sows and another person reaps he said I sent you to gather where you have not labored I am the one that labored on Calvary I sweat drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. I laid down my life on the cross. I bore the stripes. I shed my blood, and I said, "It is finished." And then I said to you, "Go into all the world and bring in my harvest. Go and get my harvest." So it means that the harvest that we get is dependent on what we do with our commission. Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35. Please help me there. Hallelujah. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. Yes, next verse. But when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the multitudes, When he saw the multitudes, something happened to him. He was moved with compassion. Servants of God, compare the multitudes that Jesus saw with the multitudes that are in existence today. What was the world population in AD 30 about which time this scripture was written? Maybe a few hundred million people on planet earth. Now you are dealing with 7.8 billion human beings that live in the world. When he saw the multitudes, you know you, we are talking about, our brother was talking about the unreached people groups. These are, some of them are mega peoples. Some years ago I was in India, in, in the northeastern part of India, in the state of Bihar. They call Bihar the graveyard of missionaries. You have a people group there. They are called the Yadav. 58 million people. They are 1% Christian. 58 million. 1% Christian. Less than 1% Christian. You are dealing with about 56, 57 million Hindus. That Jesus prayed for. That we still go to hell. After their price has been paid You don't understand That every soul that perishes Has been paid for But the people that Jesus sent To collect the harvest They say they are not full time They say they are not full time And then you have some Christians Who say they are unemployed That they they don't they don't have a job Can you imagine a Christian A Christian A child of God You say you went to school and you have a certificate and now you don't have a job. It's because Jesus is not your master. The job that Jesus gave you is here in the book. Look at it. He said, Jesus said, go into all the world. But you are sitting in your uncle's house and in your parents' house eating free food and telling yourself you don't have a job. The reason you can do that is that you have a roof over your head. I pray that somebody will push you out. No, you don't need to clap for me. You can give me a clap offering or a slap offering. <laughs> if you get close enough. <laughs> but Shola will not allow you to come and slap me. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm talking about here? When he saw the multitude, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And then what did he say? Because they fainted, they were scattered. I don't have time to get into this next verse. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is what? Please put it in the New King James first. The harvest truly is what? Plentiful. But the laborers are few. So what was Jesus calling the harvest? The multitudes. Remember when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion they were harassed they were helpless then he began to talk about the harvest so this multitude they are the harvest they are the harvest so jesus said the harvest truly is plentiful but the laborers are few but the churches are full see 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 my problem can you imagine that the laborers are few but the churches are full And the church is not true Please listen everybody No human being has as much People on planet earth today Than Jesus Christ Do you know that Global population Among all the religions Christianity is is the number one The percentage has stayed At 33% World population has changed 1960 to 2000 Global population doubled From 3 billion to 6 billion 2017 October, it crossed the 7 billion mark. And now you are like 7.8 billion people on the face of the earth. Christian population is the 33%. In absolute numbers, it comes to about 2.3, 2.4 billion people on planet earth today. Now excuse me please. Anybody who has 2.8, 2.4 billion followers does he have people or he doesn't have people? How can you have 2.17 billion people and you say you don't have people? So Jesus has people, but he's still looking for laborers. So what's the problem? The reason is because his people are engaged in another labor. <laughs> I said his people are busy with other laborers. He said the laborers are few He didn't even say The preachers are few He didn't even say the bishops are few Because now you have a ton of bishops You have a ton of reverence But what was he looking for Everybody please now Somebody shout laborers One more time Laborers "Laborers!" Because the challenge of the harvest Is the matter of laborers What we solve the challenge of laborers is a church of warriors. A church where every believer takes a portion of the harvest field. Every believer accepts responsibility as called to stand for God. Maybe not on the church pulpit, but to stand in the different segments of society. To stand in the marketplace. Oh, I wish I had time for us to begin to study that. To show from scripture, that it's not every preacher that preaches from a church pulpit. I said it's not every preacher that preaches from a church pulpit. There are preachers that must preach in the banks. That must pastor the schools. That must pastor the hospitals. There are preachers that must stand in government. Like Daniel and Joseph. You know I say to people, Nebuchadnezzar will be in heaven. Church has gone quiet. Brother Ferdinand, what did you just say? <laughs> I said, I believe that Nebu <laughs> will be in heaven. Nan, I must have scriptural backing for that kind of claim. Now, before we come back to Matthew chapter 9, go with me to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4 was not written by Daniel. That's another shock. I can hear the pin drop. <laughs> So that you see why I'm showing you this, Jesus must have laborers, laborers that will stand at the highest levels of government. Why is that so? Because some of his harvest, they are located there. There are harvests in the schools. He has a harvest in the hospitals. More people go to hospital than go to church. So Jesus must have laborers in the hospital. He must have laborers in the villages He must have laborers in the cities He must have laborers In the universities oh, Laborers in the universities Have vesting souls In the prime of their life And aligning them with divine agenda yeah. Laborers laboring from the church pulpit Not to pamper the people of God but to militarize them. I said to militarize them. Somebody give me a in this place. I said to militarize them. To radicalize them. Not to tell them that they are not ministers but to equip them as ministers to stand where God has located them. Jesus must have liberals for us in each of these places. So look at Daniel chapter 4 verse 1. Who is talking here everybody? <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. This is not Daniel talking. Next verse, I thought it good to declare the signs and the wonders that the most high God has worked for me. Yes? How great are his signs. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Does that sound like worship? <laughs> Next verse. Ah, Nebu. the <laughs> ah, Nebu. This is a testimony. Nebuchadnezzar is giving a testimony of his conversion experience through a marketplace minister. Through a minister in government. Through a minister that will represent the kingdom at the highest levels, I'm the boo. I was at rest in my house, flourishing in my palace. Yes. I saw a dream that made me afraid. That blah, 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 blah. I don't have time to finish the book story. So I can finish my sermon. Amen. <laughs> but come down to verse 34. Verse 34. And at the end of the time, verse 34. And at the end of the time, I'm in the book, lifted my eyes to heaven. My understanding returned to me. I bless the Most High and I praise and honor him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. This is Nebuchadnezzar the king. Next verse. All the inhabitants of the earth reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Next verse. At the same time, my reason returned to me. And as for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom. Excellent majesty was added to me. Next verse. Now, (laughs) Nebu. <laughs> this is the final word from Nebuchadnezzar in all of scripture. This is the final word. Now, I, Nebu, Nebuchadnezzar, I praise and extol and I honor the king of heaven. Hallelujah, somebody in this place. All of whose works are truth, his ways are justice. And those that walk in pride, he is able to bring them down. Signed Nebuchadnezzar. Somebody give God praise inside this house. Give God praise. Who was it that God used? Now people that talk like this, do they go to hell? Oh. Nebuchadnezzar started badly, but he ended well. Ah, I said he started badly, but he ended well. He started in pride, but he ended a humble man. <laughs> Who was it that God used to reach Nebuchadnezzar? It was not the priest in the temple. Ah, now listen to me, servants of God. It was not the reverence and the priests or the Levites. Who was it that God used to reach Nebuchadnezzar? It was a man in the marketplace. It was a person standing in government as vice-president, but he was not living for himself. When it was time to lay down his life for the convictions of God, Daniel was willing to die. It was a man like that, that God used to bring in this harvest into the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, go back to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, so Jesus said to them, the harvest truly is what? I can hear you everybody, the harvest is what? But the laborers are few. So what is the cure to this situation? Verse 38, therefore do what? Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Anybody here who farms, you have a farm, anyone? Anyone, you have a farm? You should have a farm. I'm encouraging you. Consider agriculture. When money failed in the land of Egypt, food did not fail. And the man that had food collected all the money in Egypt. (laughs) If you don't want to give him money, eat your money. Consider agriculture. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to somebody in this place. Now, if you harvest anybody here, you have a farm. I, I can't see anyone. Fish farm? You have a farm? What's the nature of your farm, sir? Uh, livestock. Livestock. A livestock farm. Now, when you have a harvest, maybe like you know some calves uh, that that you have. Was that a time of joy or a time of sadness? time of joy. A time of joy. A harvest is not a burden, except you are not the owner. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem with the church. Look, a harvest is what you are laboring for. All your work was so that you can get a harvest.
1: Then
0: during the harvest, you start crying. Can you imagine the quantity of harvest? Crying the work is too much. This harvest, you are very wicked. You? You don't do that. But you know the reason why? The harvest of the nations Is a burden to the church Because the church has never Owned the harvest that was Purchased by Calvary Oh boy, I pray that God will speak To your heart as you sit in church today That the harvest that Jesus Purchased will become Your personal passion I say it to become your personal passion Amen yeah. And when you see the multitudes you will be moved as your master was moved blessed be the name of jesus christ so what was the solution that jesus gave therefore do what everybody pray pray to the lord of the harvest to do what to send out laborers into his harvest a church of warriors will be a praying church it will be a church where everybody is praying. It's not left for the pastor. Believers are praying. And their prayer point is more than their stomachs and their agendas and their appetites. Their prayer point is focused on the harvest. Now, please put this scripture in the Amplified Translation. There's something I want to show you before I leave this place. But note that there is somebody in the Bible calls the Lord of the harvest. Do you see that? So pray to who, everybody? Pray to the Lord of the harvest. So the Lord of the harvest is the guarantee that the harvest will not be wasted. A friend of mine made a statement years ago that burned into my spirit. He said, Ferdinand, the great commission will be fulfilled with or without you. The Lord of the harvest will get his harvest. If you have a harvest, you will take all measures to get your harvest. Am I correct, everybody in this place? Likewise, I guarantee you that the Father God will take all measures to get his harvest. But may you not be left behind when God is at work in your generation. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? Everybody, to do what? Listen to how the Amplified Bible puts it. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? To force out and to thrust out laborers where? Into his harvest. Now, I am not a Greek scholar. I'm not a Greek scholar by training. But notice that the Amplified brings out something that is not present in the other versions. Put it in the New King James again so that they can see what I'm talking about. To the Lord of the harvest. Yeah, put it in New King James, yes. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? Send out. Now, you see the word send out, the phrase send out is very mild. Now, put up the amplified so that you see the difference. So, pray to the Lord of the harvest to do what? To force out. And to do what? Oh. I don't want to use a brother as an example here because I might injure you.
1: <laughs> but
0: if you were to trust out somebody, what would you do to the person? What would you do to the person like this? Do you know why the Amplified does this? Actually, this is Marvin Vincent. If you, look at, if you have the, the Amplified Foundation and you look at the note, is Marvin Vincent. What studies in the New Testament. That's the guy that brought this out. Now here is the reason, the word that is used for that phrase there is the word ekbalo 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 is where you get the word ballistic Are you familiar with balo? Ballistic That is the root word for ballistic Now when you hear ballistic, what does that mean in your mind? An explosive, something that explodes Either as a bomb or a missile, or something else. So what Jesus was saying is, Pray to the Lord of the harvest, to do what? To explode out. Pray for an explosion. Because, notice, he didn't say, Pray to the Lord of the harvest, To gather laborers for his harvest. Oh God, did you, did you see the Bible there? That thing does not say pray to the Lord of the heavens so that he can do what? He can acquire. No, explode. But he can source out do do an explosion. through an explosion. So it means that he has the us already. He has them. He has them. But the explosion that we send them out has not taken place. So they gave us a prayer point. Wow. Pray for explosion. Pray for an explosion. Pray for laborers that have something burning inside them that when there is an explosion, they can be launched out into the harvest. Why is that so? Because Jesus has people like I said to you, but this is people. Oh boy. A lot of us, we are buried in our own agendas and we are asking his blessing on our agendas meanwhile he has a harvest you see the word Ed is the same word for cast out to cast out devils do you send out devils? what do you do? get out the other word for it is to eject do you know when a person shoots a gun What makes a gun deadly is not the size of the bullet, it's the force of ejection. You know what happens with a gun is that you have a bullet in a closed chamber with one outlet. That's what a gun is. And then you have gunpowder around the closed chamber. So when the gunpowder is ignited by pulling the trigger, what happens? An explosion takes place and because the tiny bullet has nowhere else to get out from, what happens? It gets out through the nozzle with such force that is little and deadly. Can I say to you servants of God, the impact of your life and your ministry is dependent on the force of ejection is dependent on the explosion that is taking place inside your spirit by which you are thrust forth into the harvest field pray for an explosion there will be an explosion here tonight I can hear the amen from somebody in this place are you hungry for God there has to be an explosion something has to burst out if there is going to be hope for a perishing world, the world that Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary, as we remember at this time. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. I said, blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So Professor, now what are you saying in brief? What I'm saying is this, brothers and sisters, this arrangement where we have a few people that we call men of God, and they are the ones preaching the gospel. They are the ones to do the work of the ministry. And the rest of us, we should just basically support them. That arrangement has died. I said that arrangement has what? It has died. This warrior church, a church of warriors, will be a church that is a superior army. And it will be an army of the whole house. Go with me to Ezekiel 37. You can see that I will not finish my sermon. But that's not a problem. I perceive that God is already working in the hearts of his people. Ezekiel 37. I want to show you a scripture. And it's a scripture that I know many of us are familiar with. But I wanted you to see something there. You know the story of the valley of dry bones. Am I correct? Many of us are familiar with that. Now, so he said prophesy son of man, I prophesied, you know bone came to bone there was a rattling and all of that, you are familiar with that so please now look at verse 10 37 verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath and the spirit came into them, in the bones and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, everybody walked an exceedingly great army. Next verse. An exceedingly great army. Next verse. Then he said to me, everybody help me to read this scripture. What did he say? He said to me, son of man, these bones are who? The whole house. These bones are the whole house. Previous verse, what did the bones become? Everybody, an exceedingly great army. In this verse, what are we told? He said, these bones are what? They are the whole house. So the whole house became an exceedingly great army. It was an army of the whole house, an army of the whole house, an army of the whole house, an army of the whole house. There were no civilians in the house. There were no bones that did not convert into an exceedingly great army. It was an army of the house. Please listen. Genuine revival in every age always produces an army of the house. I said, genuine revival in every generation produces an army of the whole house. When God moves in a place, something you will notice is that in that move of God, the least of the brethren will become a mighty warrior. I can give you examples in history. In the Azusa Street revival, many of us are familiar with Azusa Street. Everybody that was present in Azusa. We became a minister of the gospel. Even teenagers, we are casting out devils and growing out bones and legs. Everybody, out of the Azusa Street Revival, ordinary believers started mighty movements. The first Square Gospel Church came out of Azusa. Assemblies of God came out of Azusa Street. Many of the others, the, the Church of God, we are touched by Azusa Street. All of these things happened because there was a move from the Spirit of God that converted ordinary believers into mighty men and women of God. I am saying to you, listen to prophecy. The Spirit of God is saying, I am converting the list of my brethren into mighty warriors like David. I am converting ordinary church members into mighty weapons in the hands of the Almighty God. I am converting ushers and, 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 and creators into church planters, yeah. into church planters, yeah. into leaders of groups and leaders of ministries, yeah. every genuine revival does that, look at the revival on the, at the, at the upper room in Acts of the Apostles, when the spirits came, ordinary deacons like Philip, that we are serving tables, they could collect cities. I said they could collect cities. Everybody here. Philip went to Samaria. He didn't wait for Peter. He didn't wait for Peter. Revival broke out. Philip overthrew the ministry of Simon the magician. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Okay. In closing, I just want to, I don't want to excite you and leave you like that. I want to share a few steps. How can you take your place in this army that God is talking about? Point number one, is that Jesus must conscript your life. That's the first word. Everybody say conscription. Conscription is an encounter that arrests you for military service. It doesn't give you an option. I see what happened to Saul of Tarsus on the way to Damascus. Saul was not going to Calvary, he had his own business. He was going for a different agenda. Oh, but Jesus apprehended him on the way. And come and hear what I call later. He said, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I press on towards the goal so that I can apprehend that for which jesus christ apprehended me <laughs> whoa they must say look jesus apprehended me he apprehended he arrested me and now i want to arrest that for which jesus arrested me the first thing for a life that god will use significantly in this army that i'm talking about is that there must be an apprehending jesus cannot use you Why you are free to roam wherever you like. Jesus cannot use you significantly while you are free to chase around and pursue your own agenda and do what you like. You cannot wield an instrument until you apprehend the instrument. That's the first step. There must be an arrest tonight. The second thing is, there must be a total surrender. There must be Come and hear what I told. He said, everything that was gained to me, what did I do please now? I counted all of them as loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. There must be a total surrender. There must be one agenda and there must be a different mindset. And finally, please go with me to Acts chapter 2. That's where I stop. Acts chapter 2. Oh, there must be a fresh outpouring of the spirit of God. We received that the other night, and I perceive that God wants to do something again here tonight as we draw to a close. Please go to Acts chapter 2. There must be a fresh empowerment, like Prof was teaching. There must be demanded of empowerment flowing from the enthroned Christ. Oh, by the outpouring of the spirit. Please look at chapter two of Acts. From verse one. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were we sitting. There came a sound from heaven. There came a sound from where I can't hear you. There came a sound from where I can't beat it. It was not an environmental sound. We are tired of environmental sounds. We are tired of sounds that are coming from the environment. Where did this sound come from? Everybody, please. There came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing. Oh, heaven was rushing power to kingdom agents. I said heaven was rushing power to kingdom agents. Now, do you know, everybody listen, do you know that if you are standing and something that is rushing hits you, will you still be standing? depending on the force of what hits you. So I can imagine then that we are standing, and then this rushing mighty way woo, and and something, something stirred inside their spirit. Look at the next verse. Suddenly there came, go back. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty way, and it filled some of the house. I can't hear you, he filled some of the house He filled what? Oh God, can't meet him. talk to me in this place here tonight He filled where? The whole house He said, these bones, they are the whole house When the Holy Spirit came from heaven, the wind filled the whole house Oh God, send the revival of the whole house Where do we are sitting? Now look at verse 3, everybody. Look at verse 3. Then they appeared to them. What was it that appeared to them? Huh? Divided. If you read it in the King James Version, put the King James. Ah, please get ready now because we are about to pray. What does it say there in the King James? They appeared to them what? Clover. 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 cloven Again, I'm not a Greek scholar, servants of God, but the word cloven in that scripture is diamerizo. Diamerizo means utterly separate. Utterly separate. It was not a big ball of fire that descended on them on the day of Pentecost. They were utterly separate, cloven, divided. Divided. And what does the Bible say? And it sat where? Upon, upon whom? Yes, upon all of them. Yes. No, you are not answering me. It sat upon all of them. Yes, no. What does he say there? Each. Somebody say each. 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 It sat upon each of them. So what does that mean, Brother Ferdinand? It meant as Pastor Dubus was sitting in that upper room, one divided tongue clove landed on him. It landed on him. It landed on him. Landed on him. Landed on him. Landed on on her. Divided. You know what that means? You know why that is important? Everybody received a personal power pack. (laughs) Not group fire. Listen. You see, group Christianity is good for fellowship. It's good that. When we fellowship, praise God, there is the fire of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to listen. That is not the army that will take the nations. Hey. The army that will take the nations. Everybody received what? Clover, divided. So it landed on you, landed on you, landed on her, on her, on her. Each person got a personal power pack. So when Philip went to Samaria, Philip didn't need to wait for Peter, I said Philip didn't need to wait for Peter, Philip did not need to wait for Peter, why didn't he need to wait for Peter, because he was something landed on his life, I want you to listen, if you leave camp meeting dependent on group fire, there is no hope, this community. And what you are enjoying is the temperature of the atmosphere. It's the beauty and the glory of the great gathering. But there is no personalized fire that lands on your head yes, and descends into your heart yes, to burn in your bones. There is no hope. Yes sir. yes, sir. But the good news is that tonight, there is a sound coming from heaven again. I said there is a sound coming from heaven again. There is a rushing mighty wind Coming all the way from heaven. Is somebody hungry here tonight? Rise up on your feet and let us pray. Rise up on your feet and begin to pray. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Don't pass me by. Jesus, don't pass me by. A church of warriors. Don't pass me by. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and begin to pray. Don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. I cannot afford to leave this place with a group experience. Oh, come on. You cannot afford to leave this place with a group experience. I said, you cannot afford to leave this place with a group experience somebody pray, somebody pray somebody lift up your voice lift up your hands lift up your voice lift up your hands somebody talk to Jesus you cannot afford to leave this place with a group experience you cannot afford to leave this place with a group experience. Korean in and this and taro ki to rabo. Water, 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 you must get your own fire. Each person. You cannot afford to live this place with a group experience. You cannot afford to live this place with a group experience. Something must drop on your life. On my head, Somebody on your, on your head, on your head, on your head. Something is coming 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 on your head. On your head. Come on, man of God, men of God. Something is coming on your head. There is a fresh anthropom. You cannot afford to live this place. Can you not talk about it? Listen, listen. Kita, Yavaranita, Kuga, Kuga, tote. Hallelujah. Now, listen now. Just a moment. Everyone, listen. Listen. The Spirit of God is speaking about apprehending. Look, Saul was on his way to Damascus. He was not going to Calvary. He was not going to ministry. But Jesus apprehended him. Many of us, you are too loose. You are going wherever you like. You are doing whatever you like. You are watching whatever you like. You are spending your money however you like. God cannot use you. A soldier who does whatever he likes. Cannot fit into an army. It's impossible. There yeah, are sometimes soldiers want to eat. They say no, it's not time to eat. Sometimes when they do some kind of you know resilience, training in resilience, and they are in the cold, they are wishing for a cup of coffee like crazy, but you cannot get it until after five days or one week. That's how the Marines are trained. That's how the best soldiers in the world are trained. The first thing you do is to apprehend the person. Apprehend. When you have apprehended a life, then you can transform it. You know, we are talking about transformation. There can be no transformation until you apprehend what you desire to transform. You cannot transform from afar.
1: No, sir. The
0: clay must get into the hands of the potter. I said the clay must get into the hands of the potter. Then the potter can mold it today. Hallelujah, somebody in this place. The potter can squeeze it and bend it and make it what he wants it to be. you are here tonight. That is the reason for the trouble in your family. You can say whatever you like to your husband. You can use any words that come to your mouth. That's the trouble Mr. Husband. You can sleep with anybody you find. You don't care what your wife thinks because you are still in charge. You have not been apprehended. Tonight Tonight, you are going to bring your life to Jesus Christ. And you are going to say to Jesus, Jesus Christ, here I I am no longer running. I am tired of going my way. Apprehend me tonight. And don't let me go until you make me what you have determined for me to be. Lift up your voice and begin to pray Those of you that want to come to the altar To pray that prayer Make your way quickly Anybody can come You need to come Say Jesus Jesus Apprehend this one life My brother there is only one life you have Apprehend, apprehend Begin to pray as you come Say Jesus I'm tired Of going wherever I like Doing whatever I like, watching whatever I like Living however I like no, tell come on begin to pray, say Jesus, I am here now, I am here, I am here, I'm talking to everybody, anybody, if you desire a part in a church of warriors, in a church of warriors, I'm not talking of a church of church members, a church of church members, a church of multitudes, that God cannot use for anything serious,
1: Jesus, apprehend,
0: apprehend, apprehend, Jesus Christ. Hurry up, hurry up, run from the back, hurry up and come. I said, Jesus, apprehend, Yeah, I am now.